Hello, and thanks for listening to episode nine of the Off Harbor and Maine podcast. I'm Joel Covey, coming to you as always from my bedroom, which I like to call the Tropical and I Studios in Orange County, California. Today, I am joined by my close friends, Beth. Hey, guys. Matt. Hey, everyone. And Derek. Hey, guys. Excellent. Well, um, you know, we do like to go around the hub each episode, see what everybody's drinking tonight. Beth, what are you drinking? Okay, so today I had a headache off and on all day, so we decided to opt out of the alcohol. So I'm having a a, a generic sparkling water, but to keep it fun and festive, I have it in my orange bird zipper. It's all okay now. Uh, Yeah, it's fine. It's good. She has the orange bird zipper. It's so cute. Thank you, Judith, for sending this to me. I I think I need that just as a decoration. Judith, can she send me one, please? (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's not in Florida anymore. <laughs> oh. You you went generic. You're not drinking your bougie Lacroix. Oh, no, it's Soleil. <laughs> oh. Soleil. I love how everybody calls Lacroix bougie, but it's the Target brand. Isn't it Target brand? No. no it's not. Oh, is it? It's bubbles. No, bubbly. 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 Oh yeah, bubbly. Bubbly is Pepsi. Oh, I thought you could only Ew. get Lacroix at Target. I no, sent I you a Ralph. picture of an end cap that I built, and I called it Beth's end cap. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Is that what you call them, end caps? I had no idea. Yes, the end of an aisle where you put stuff that's on display is called an end cap. The more you the know. The more you know. <laughs> and what do you have over there, Matt? So I get you uh, swigging. I am drinking a truly hard seltzer lemonade. It's probably my favorite. You really like those hard seltzers. I do, but this yeah. is my absolute favorite. Awesome. Derek, are you drinking anything? Yeah, I actually made a, a cocktail tonight, guys. I was pretty <gasps> proud of myself. I mean, it's not anything fancy, but it's... I found Just it online. some things together. <laughs> it's, it's called a Kentucky Peach Vodka Cocktail, and it Ooh, has... You have a name. Yeah, I, I think it's Kentucky because of the bourbon, but it has bourbon, it has some vodka, it has some peach nectar in it, and it's actually really, really good. So I might make this again sometime. But... That sounds yummy. And no Wait, Red had... Bull. No Red Bull tonight. You had peach nectar? <laughs> I bought peach nectar. Nice. I have a I need to buy some across the street. So I'm like, okay, I better just go there and not be lazy oh. tonight and make some. <laughs> <laughs> now you have no excuses now that we exactly, know that there's right? one across the street. <laughs> well, I have a rogue Newport days, hazy pale ale. Uh, it is I think lighter on the alcohol percentage side, but it is nice. I was going to have it this before the podcast and I was going to have a bourbon with ginger ale but then mm-hmm. i uh didn't finish the beer so maybe we'll you have to grab something <laughs> yeah i'll have to get something halfway through the show well with that everybody cheers 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 oh man it's good so beth did you know fun fact mm. i was uh researching more about our sandy and disneyland segment coming up here but i was trying to see if uh, somebody looked like colleen in that mm-hmm. episode, I'm like, oh, is this Colleen from the Mouseketeers at Disney World? It, it wasn't. But did you know, I guess she was also known as Miss Osborne in that episode. Did you know she was the wardrobe in Beauty and the Beast? Oh, I did not yeah. know that. Interesting. It's Joanne Worley. She's done a bunch of random stuff, but it's all them. Like, I kind oh. of, I want to go back and listen. Well, not, I don't want to go, <laughs> I don't really want to go back and listen, but I mean, it's a snippet to like see if I can hear it. Yeah. I mean, she didn't 
end up doing Beauty of the Beast to like almost 20 years later. But yeah, I'm sure maybe the voice still later. probably sounds the same. Yeah. Interesting. Well, last weekend, I know Matt Braden and Derek went out to the Taste of Calico at Knott's Berry Farm. They recorded uh, some audio for us, which I'm going to play here real quick. Just a fair warning, it, it does have some wind noises. It's not too bad, but don't don't get scared once you start hearing the wind. It, it dies down a little bit. <laughs> so you It's not a hurricane, it's okay. <laughs> well, I don't want people like, oh, I can't listen to this. No, but it goes away. It's the streets of Ghost Town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's windy there, right? All right, so here's this, or here's hey, that. Hey, everyone, it's Matt and Derek coming to you live hey from... The Knott's Berry Farm Taste of Calico event. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Derek? I've actually been quite impressed with the whole setup. I was a little anxious about coming here today, thinking it would be really overcrowded and unorganized, but they've actually done a really good job of putting everything together. It's really sparsely crowded. There's hardly anyone here, it feels like. You can actually move around and now, by when we breathe. say it's not crowded, there are actually still a lot of people here. Yes. But they've done a fantastic job of spacing everyone out. They actually have, uh, what do you call knots employees? Do you still call them cast members, team members? Employees. Whatever they call them, employees. <laughs> um, they've been doing a pretty good job about walking around, making sure everybody's social, social distancing, mm-hmm. keeping their masks on. Uh, they're cleaning left and right. Anytime someone gets up from a table, they're over there as quick as you can see and they're just cleaning it Uh, there's hand sanitizer literally everywhere and plenty Um, of seating like that was really nice that they have it all spread out in really um, unassuming places so you don't feel like you're in the middle of a crowd as you're sitting down it was really nice and uh, you were able to get away into a quiet space and just relax you know exactly we are uh, right now we're standing at the very uh base of the timber mountain log ride which is on but obviously nothing running through it but um so we've had a lot of, lot to eat today uh i'm i can't eat anymore i'm so full i am completely stuck I mean, yeah for 25 dollars, i think i got my money's worth uh, what was your favorite thing you tried oh gosh i think my favorite thing would have to be well, I, I do like my alcohol, so I did enjoy the um, boysenberry wine. Uh, it was really nice. What did I for I, I enjoyed my alcohol, too. I had a not-specific beer. They actually had three different beers that are specific to the park. There's obviously their boysenberry blonde, which they have all the time. And they have two new ones, one called the boysenberry pie, which was kind of like a stout with boysenberry. Mm. And then there was the one that I got, which was called a thousand jars of jam, which I don't know what it was, but it was tasty. Um, As for food, I think my favorite is still the boysenberry sausage because it comes with a boysenberry ketchup and boysenberry mustard. Um, that's been a favorite that they've had at the Boysenberry Festival for the last couple of years, and it's still my favorite thing I think I've had even today. What was the second thing that we got? Do you remember? Oh, the chili. The chili. Yes, that was actually probably my favorite food item. Steak chili. Steak with, chili. With a boysenberry cornbread muffin. Yes, the boysenberry cornbread was really tasty, and it complemented the chili really nicely just all the food options um overall were really satisfying and you know for the price like matt was saying i think you really get your money's worth so it was all in all a good experience 
Um, I will say though, being in the park though right now, and there's no roller coasters going, no flat rides going, it's kind of a surreal experience. Cause I mean, where we're standing right now, you would usually hear, you know, the, the air compressors from Supreme Scream, people screaming on the log ride and you'd hear the lift till for Silver Bullet, but it's all quiet. It's uh, lots of country music though. <laughs> Derek, too much country. Derek ended up with an accent. So I might have a little bit of a twang at the end of the night. So. No, at the same time though, it's really um, relaxing. Like you can hear the water falling down. You know, the water rides and just um, nice breeze going on at the moment. It's and not if, too hot. And if anybody wants to know, Braden is here too, and he's completely laughing at me and Derek right now <laughs> as we're recording this. So you know, it is his birthday today. It is his so birthday. So. Shout out yeah. to Braden. Happy, yeah, happy birthday. So. Uh, Overall, I would say that Knott's did a pretty good job here. Uh, there's not one point today where I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, kudos. To um, so, I mean, if I, I don't, you know, obviously if Disney did something like this, it would be a little more high profile. But, I mean, if Knott's can pull it off the way they did, there's no reason why Disney or somebody couldn't do it, too. Steal an idea, Disney. But So I think we're going to go for one more round of some alcoholic beverages. Maybe a cheers for Brayden for his birthday. Yep. Oh, sounds like a great time, guys. Oh, we had a blast. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add? I heard your stomachs were feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, yeah, go ahead, Matt. uh, I was going to say, I I know Derek and Brayden had a little bit of a different experience than I did. And this is how I've always felt about all of Knott's little food festivals is that there um you always get the like the most bang for your buck like i was so full afterwards that i literally couldn't eat anything else i was so full that i felt sick just from being that full i just don't think my body is used to so much like sugar and deep fried Mm -hmm. garbage because we haven't had that in so long so that was just my yeah that was just (laughs) my take but I still, I loved every aspect of it. There's still two more weekends. If, you know, if you're hearing this and they're still available, go. You should go. It's a lot of fun. You know, be safe still. Do your own thing, but don't, don't panic. It's, it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, I had a, I had a really awesome time and I got, I felt like I got my money's worth. I mean, 25 bucks, five different things, you know, so that's $5 a, a plate. You know, I, I just felt that everything combined, though, kind of um, did me in. Um, just like Matt was saying, <laughs> after like such a long break of not having any theme park food to throw it all in the mix at one time. I mean, I had, you know, the mini biscuits with the boysenberry butter. I had a sausage. I had wine. I had everything. Had a lot of wine. <laughs> I had a lot of wine, and I was fine. Up until like that evening, I woke up in the middle of the night in, in a cold sweat and I was oh, feeling so queasy. And yes, it was the worst, but I Did you I, pull through? I just I pulled through. <laughs> okay, I you no know, well I I woke up like three different times, but oh I, I did not want to move from my position, so I just forced myself <laughs> to fall back to sleep. And in the morning I ended up fine, but my stomach did not enjoy that evening whatsoever um you know but my your mind brain did <laughs> yeah my brain had the your best mind and your time heart. ever so whatever stomach you guys make me feel good <laughs> that i wasn't able to make it i think i'm happy that i missed it now is the alcoholic beverages included yep. in the 25 dollars 
Yep. Yeah, so there's the Oh, that's the, a really the good deal. And yeah, parking, right? Beer. Is the parking mm-hmm. was included Free parking. As well? mm-hmm. They just ask you if you have a ticket and, and you're good. And you're actually parked in right by the front, you know, not right. the normal parking across the street. So it's so convenient to get into. Um, yeah, the alcohol is, you know, the beer, the um, boysenberry wine, and then the sangria option, which is really cool. I stuck to the wine the whole time. I know Brayden had, oh, yeah, Brayden had the sangria and Matt had the beer. So I how actually, does that work? Do, do you get just unlimited alcohol or is it? It's two alcoholic beverages per tasting card, but you also have the option of making additional purchases. So like if you bought like the wine, it came in the standard like wine glass. But if you wanted a beer, it came in a smaller glass. Mm. So I opted just to pay for the normal like full size glass of beer. And I was glad because the one that I had was so good. Oh, it sounded good. It was so <laughs> good. It right away. A thousand <laughs> so jars of jam. Was that what it was called? Yes. And that then that, well, so and also a shout out to, I wish we would have gotten his name. I, I, I'm so mad that we didn't. But the bartender inside the saloon, that guy could upsell anything. Because oh, yeah. I walked out there yeah. and I was just like, hey, can I get the, the boysenberry blonde? It's like the one that they always have. And the guy was like, oh, well, have you tried this one? And I, he gave me it was the boysenberry pie, so yeah. it was like a like a stout beer. And then I was like, "Oh, that's really good." And he's like, "I was like, oh, you know, I think I'll still get the boysenberry blonde." He's like, "Well, have you tried our other one?" I'm like, "Oh my god, how many new ones do you have?" <laughs> but then the, when he gave me the last one, that thousand that thousand jars of jam, I was like, "Oh yeah, no, give me a full glass, full glass, <laughs> give me a full it, jar but, of yeah, that." Yeah, and he was and he was giving me samples yeah. of all of them all though. That's, that's nice. awesome. I was no. like, awesome. Yeah, Why he was really good. Why can't food and wine festival at California Adventure be like this? Like, it, even a little bit more expensive, sure. But just with the portioning alone, it sounds mm-hmm. like it's so much better with you actually getting your money's worth, right? Yeah, af- after like my fourth tab, like it was a chore. Not a chore, but it was a challenge to find something that I could use my last one on and yeah. I wasn't going to make myself feel so gross afterwards. <laughs> like I did. But let's, And Derek, let's be honest though. The reason why you had so much though is because you had two tasting cards. Two cards. You had two cards? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, we had bought another one for, for Justin to come and unfortunately he wasn't <laughs> able to make it. But I, yeah, so I was um, debating whether or not I wanted to just sell the ticket, and I didn't know how to do that. Luckily, Matt and Brayden convinced me to just keep the card. We would just use it amongst ourselves, which we did. And so we had an extra five items to to go by, and you know, oh my just, gosh, no yeah. Way. So it was kind of a this free is why you guys were not feeling well. <laughs> That's the part we forgot to mention. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I had a few extra wines. I think that's probably a big part. You couldn't it. finish your last one. I couldn't finish my last <gasps> one. I threw away my sick. samosas, which I was so disappointed in because they were tasty. But, yeah, it was just <laughs> to my limit. I was like, I can't. Well, thank you guys for going and uh, reporting back. I appreciate it. That was good. And we hope to be doing a lot more uh, once Disneyland Resort opens. We'll be reporting back from the parks, I think, a lot. That's kind of our original intention of the show, too. So we look forward to doing that. Now, moving on to what we would normally do, we would do the Not Everything is Shitty segment. However, we did just recently re-record, and I don't have anything new, but I know Matt has something. Matt, do you, what's good? Uh, as of today, I am officially an uncle. Uncle Yay. Matt, yeah! Congratulations. And All congratulations right. to Sarah and Art. 
Wow. Yes, absolutely. My nephew was born today. His name is Wyatt. Uh, he's a big baby. Yeah. I mean, not in, not in weight, but he is long. But I mean, okay, his, as, a, as a woman who has yeah. pushed out a baby, he was a big baby. <laughs> and But to be fair, his dad is tall. He's like 6'5". So he's probably going to be a tall kid. But And Matt is uh, making sure this baby has all the Marvel gear you could ever want. I did. His entire... <laughs> he's ready. Every, he's ready. Yeah, I have bought him all the Marvel onesies. You know, I already bought the, the... And not only that, but just all the... Everything under the Disney umbrella, because he has that. He has the child bumper sticker already for the car. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's ready to go. Congrats, He's ready. Matt. He is ready to go. Well, welcome That's to the awesome. world, Wyatt. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that, Matt. Um, and it's good to hear something like that happening. So, well, we wanted to go into, I guess, our first true segment. We wanted to talk about, you know, last week we talked about the Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World, which was, uh, as I said, a, a, a hoot. It was a doozy. And, a hoot and a uh, holler. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and Sandy in Disneyland which was uh, in 1974 is also a, a wonderful world of Disney episode. And I'm going to, I think we're going to start calling this a, its own little segment, maybe bizarro TV specials post watch. I love like it. Yeah. We'll come up with a better name. <laughs> yeah, We'll come up with a better name. This is my placeholder, <laughs> but it's basically what it is. I think it describes it well. Now, Beth, I have to be honest. You know, I watched this. You had me go on thinking this was going to be like extremely weird and crazy. I think Mouseketeers was even weirder than this. I, uh, this was weird. I also found out some other things that just made it weirder, which I will share as we get oh. to the... Hmm. But um, anyways, I did keep on... I just wanted to mention that I kept on calling this <laughs> Sandy Death's Disney. No. <laughs> that is not what it is called. So, no, is this is Sandy, Sandy in Disneyland. Disneyland. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess we'll start right into it. It opens up on a sound stage, which I thought was kind of funky. They're mm-hmm. on a sound stage singing in front of a live audience. I could not figure. Mm-hmm. Out, I don't know. I have no idea what song that was. Like, but you you talked about it last episode. I, I don't did. know if I kept it in there. Go I, ahead. I yes. So she starts off singing. Uh, Mickey, I believe, is conducting the the orchestra that's behind her or something. Mickey's there and she's singing the song about being in love and then all of a sudden she's singing a song about being in love with mickey oh, she's holding mickey's oh, in hands yeah. and they're like singing together and uh, ne- there's never been anybody as in love as us and then uh-huh. more and more and more male characters keep on coming out the seven dwarves uh donald <laughs> like everyone comes weird. out and there's like 15 characters and she's singing no one's ever been in love as us 15 people. <laughs> like all together. All together. <laughs> so weird. Because that's totally normal. I mean, if that's your thing, but <laughs> is that Disney's thing in 74? I don't think so. <laughs> it was such a weird choice to make. It was just an odd beginning. It was such a weird way to start the show, regardless of it being a weird song. Uh, and then all of a sudden they get on the Casey Jr. train or... I think it's Casey Jr. And I think they used it in a bunch of different parades. But mm-hmm. they, they all get on it. They drive off. And then all of a sudden, they're in the Small World Mall. They're all of a sudden at Disneyland. And Wait, of course, the audience there. came with them. Yeah. All 15 of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone. All the characters. Oh, so they there. just all stayed together, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're a family now. <laughs> wow. And then they, sh- they show Sandy right in front of It's a Small World. 
and that she's trying to explain Disneyland and does not know how to explain Disneyland. She just, it's a, it's a bit, she's doing a gag, but it goes on for a really long time. And it felt like, very awkward. <laughs> like, it's not that hard to describe. You're making, this is getting really ridiculous. She finally composes herself and then they move on from that little gag. But uh, then she walks behind a topiary and all of a sudden, I thought it was going to be some big transformation. Did you notice this, Beth? Yeah, it was very strange. She's just was, like... Well, well yeah. I didn't notice the transformation. I'm like, wait, she, did she change? What happened? I had to rewind it. I'm like, oh, she put on... She had a white dress on, and then she had a white pantsuit on. Yeah, so yeah, you've got you to get sporty for going and walk in Disneyland, I guess. So. And this was the 70s, like 70s television, so the odd, the quality is terrible. So I couldn't even... Yeah, it's like... It, it's not like really rainy. noticeable. Yeah. yeah. It was very bizarre. And then, of course, the audience, the fake audience, is cheering away. Like, ooh, she changed her clothes. <laughs> she did it right behind Topiary. that bush. <laughs> right there. Oh, God. But, yeah. I, I I mean, I really, this kind of sets up the premise of what they're trying Does to it? do here. I, it's no, so weird. But she's, she's saying what she loves so much about being an actor is that she can be anyone she wants to be. And so, basically, the whole show is just her being random different characters and random plots. Okay, real at random attractions. Like yeah. Is is Sandy Duncan was she a, a, an actress back in the day? Yes, I, she was an okay. actress. She was um you may have I don't know if you've seen it, but The Wonderful World of Disney did the Peter Pan play. I'm pretty sure she played oh, she in that. I'm pretty oh, sure she played Peter Pan. I remember that. I actually. see. Yeah. I've seen it. And she's yeah. been a bunch of other stuff, but that's kind of her Disney her connection, stick. I think. Got it. Yeah, I don't think she's been in anything huge like she's not like really she's real like a well Broadway known. maybe or like pro- she was probably very well known in the 70s but just hasn't really is she right. alive i was gonna say she hasn't done anything recently but i didn't check to see if she was still alive i'm not sure and she is i think she, she is? Okay. last thing she did was like 2011 or something but okay she is still alive she's definitely had some work done well, <laughs> if you can afford it do it yeah <laughs> so this starts off the little montage of short musical numbers and then it goes into like longer sketches. So we start off at a uh, country bear jamboree performs on the stage with them. Uh, this was likely the most normal piece of the entire show. And, and like, it was nice because these are short yeah. and quick. And snappy. Yeah. Yeah. Some things dragged on a little long, but this was a nice, it was nice to see the country bears. Yeah. And then it was just like, it was probably only a minute. I don't know. I it was pretty short and it was nice. Yeah. It, was, it was go, go, go. And then later on, we get into like Kenny Loggins, and they sing a really long song. For so long, <laughs> it's Kenny Loggins. I, I, yeah. What do you expect? Right after that, they cut to the Mark Twain. And th- did you notice the girl in like a little nighty? <laughs> no, was that a girl? A I don't know if it was. Was she was Nita? Sandy. Was she having a? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, it was like it looked to me like a, a little ones, like a little nighty, and it was pretty short. And she was just standing in front of the Mark Twain. And then we cut to Mark Twain, and it's Sandy with um, a Southern plantation owner. <laughs> I yes, just wanted to I, see if you noticed that. It was weird. Yes, that was very strange. I did not notice that, but I, I kind of want to go back and see. I'm sure it was just a 70s outfit. Like it probably You're just, probably right. It probably was nothing. It's, yeah, it was probably just a 70s dress, but yeah. Stood out to me. But yeah, she gets on the Mark Twain, and she's there with a plantation owner who's yeah, making weird that, plantation jokes. It was very weird. It was very odd. Every joke is odd in this one. Yeah. But, the guy's talking about, oh, he's so sad he's going to be losing his plantation. Uh, obviously, a little controversial if you think about it. And then he walks away saying, no one's going to make fun of me. And he yeah. walks away with no pants on for yes. a gag. Yeah. 
That was his, his thing. I'll never lose my dignity. And then he walks away with his pants off. Yeah. But it, here's the thing. With every joke <laughs> that they set up and just like this one, he's wearing like some outlandish red boxers, but they all come out of left field. I'm like, oh, okay. And then we move on. <laughs> Like, didn't I don't you know. feel that that deserved like the sad trombone? Womp, womp, womp. Oh. I think it probably did. <laughs> it would have been good. Oh. And she goes to Small World and she's performing as a ballerina. I thought it was funny because later there's a Christmas special that Sandy's in and she also performs oh, in really? It's a Small World. Yeah. It the same I took some man? screenshots of this. I, I, <laughs> they just repeated it. They're like, <laughs> well, was that the one you sent where it's like she's in the China scene? Yes. And there's like. It's very look like the dolls. Yep, but they're full sized. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. We're gonna be reviewing that one come Christmas time because I'm so excited. It's gonna be glorious. Anyway, this is when it gets good. They get to the Columbia. The Columbia with the Jackson Five. For some reason, they're all dressed up like Donald Duck. Did you notice their outfits? (laughs) Like Donald Duck outfits. And it starts right off with a very awkward teenage Michael. So Michael Jackson singing. And I actually, though, really liked this bit. This was a good one. I, it was. I enjoyed it, this. It wasn't they, awkward. They're so high energy, and it didn't feel... Everything else felt kind of weird and awkward, but this just felt they were good entertainers. They were, yeah. 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 And you this had... Uh, they started singing I Want You Back and ABC, like, and they did, like, a little montage. And I thought, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool to see Jackson 5 singing, like, I Want You yeah, Back right and there ABC on the on Columbia. There. Yeah. yeah. It was... I liked that part. So hmm. that was... Uh, a positive, <laughs> but then we get to the haunted mansion skit. Where they want to go over that? So yes, they get to the haunted mansion. It's her and some. It's two women, Sandy Duncan and someone who's probably very famous who I did not recognize, and they're wearing these big coats, big red coats, and they're running through the haunted mansion stealing jewels because that's the thing that happens in the haunted mansion, I guess. So they're stealing jewels. They were yeah. trying to act like it's just some mansion. They were bandits. So they're going to go in and yeah. steal all this stuff. But then there's ghosts that come. And so then they yeah, get but scared. It's, it's kind of interesting because they're walking through the scenes. But it's just a very, like, why, why that? Like, why not? <laughs> if the Haunted Mansion has its own story. Like, why just use it as a weird backdrop? I just don't get what the whole show because it go, they keep skipping from one thing to the next and all of a sudden like, oh, we're here and we're doing this. But there was yeah, no setup. So but the, the interesting thing I thought it was that the doom buggies were like removed from the attraction mm-hmm. and like a, I'm assuming just a rug was rolled over the, the track area. So they're, But they were running through where the doom buggies would normally be and um, stealing things. And then they were so scared they were hoping they'd get arrested and then... So when they left, they saw so, a police officer and they admitted their crimes and then yes. they could be taken to the jail. So, so they could be gone from the ghost. Because it was better than being in the, the scary ghost house. Um, I just need to ask a question, though. I found the I found a picture mm-hmm. of the Jacksons. Why, why is Michael dressed like an admiral? Because they he's Michael. Are. He's the, no, <laughs> no, he's, a, no, he's, he's got, like, Michael has the hat. Like, he's oh, got he the does admiral have that. Because Michael's the leader, you know? Yeah, he's, he's the, the leader. Yeah. He's the special one. Who's the leader of the club? We wanted you to know that's Michael. Michael. <laughs> With the bright red boots. <laughs> then we went when? to Kenny Loggins, Kenny Loggins and Messina. Jim Messina. Yeah. They're singing on the rivers of America. Singing and watching the river run. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so long. It was a very nice relaxing. song. It was very it was relaxing. Nice. Yeah. But do you really want a big relaxing piece <laughs> like in the middle of your... I, I needed I the break know. after the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it looked like, kind of crazy <laughs> up until then. Like, yeah. I'll take, take your little break. And it was a break from Sandy. So it was like, okay. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> she was actually in the uh, on the raft in the background. You didn't see her. Oh, was she? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I had told you she was on the I, island. I, I started watching this the other day. Yeah, and like I got through the first segment, and I was like, eh, I can't do this right now. <laughs> and I I asked my mom because she was in the other room. I was like, Hey, do you do you know who Sandy Duncan is? And she goes, Yeah, she was an actress. I was like, oh, Okay. And I was like, Why is your voice like that? And my mom was like, oh, that's just how she sounded. I was like, I can't do this. They want me to watch a full hour of this. Wow, get used to it team, towards the Matt. end. <laughs> so right after the break from Sandy, we get to go see Sandy goes on a cruise through the jungle. So she's on the jungle yes. cruise, which has turned uh, into an estate sale. Yes, she's with Ted Knight from the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's who the dude was with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, uh, full of... Uh, God awful joke, like worse than Jungle Cruise <laughs> jokes. It was so bad. Yeah, those jokes were going over my head. Yeah, just they like were. The arrows, because yeah. yeah, his name, Mister Sinclair. He's, I, I, none of them made sense, and I was like, this is. <laughs> did they write these while they're on the on the boat? I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> they're just coming up with them off the cuff. Probably, I mean, he's a comedian. Maybe they were just like, oh, just say something. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be funny. Yeah. It'll be good. So we'll move on to them walking down Main Street. Uh, it's her with John Davidson. Yes, John Davidson. Who? Do you know who John Davidson is? No. He oh. was the 1973 nude centerfold for Cosmopolitan. What? <laughs> and I'm going to send you Did you find picture. the picture? <laughs> yes, I'm going to send it to you guys Why right was, now. Oh, no. That was wow. his claim to fame? Yes. And this came out a I year only after, to fame. A year before, they knew he was the new centerfold model. Sending it to you guys right now so you could take a look. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> wow. Well, I won't lie. I mean, it's what I would I love mean, my body to look like. Yeah, I mean, it's tasteful. All those bits are covered. But yes, I mean, it was before I mean, it was before this was released, so I'm sure they knew. It was like in January. All right, going to have to delete that text message. Uh, <laughs> I'll send it to you again later. Oh, when yeah. you're... <laughs> I think Vicky may want to see it, though. Yeah, so she I'm might. share it with her. Uh, but they're matching Ken and Barbie outfits. Like that would make Ken and Barbie jealous. Like they're matching oh, yeah. outfits walking down the street where I kind of was jealous because yeah. it looked really nice. Though I was a little annoyed with the shaky camera. Like, so the production yeah. value of the show was horrid, horrendous. It was just, everything was shaky, obviously hard to see. And I know we're watching a YouTube video, but if the production quality was a little bit better, I may have enjoyed the show a little bit more. But even this scene alone, just it's like is this cameraman gonna trip i think he's walking backwards <laughs> and he can't hold it straight they were singing this whole song about of course like flirting with each other or something mm-hmm. it was the song was, was fine yeah it was yeah. fine but she's hitting on everybody yeah. <laughs> Reel it in, that's Sandy. true <laughs> Reel it that in. Is, yeah uh, so then, then he jumps on a uh on a fire truck right yeah he was, he, she leaves he jumps on a fire truck and starts singing top of the world by the carpenters picks up a random child is it is yeah i don't don't even think the child was expecting to pick up (laughs) it's just like we're gonna sing together now i I would sing top of the world with anybody i love that song can you sing it now for us hey karaoke night hey hey, you were singing karaoke at knots yesterday so well it was and it was country with a twang (laughs) with a twang (laughs) so he's with this random child and all of a sudden, like all the guests are, I guess, welcome to join in. It's this is like normal operating day. Everyone that's like running. So these guests start running along with the fire truck and the fire truck's not going slow. 
Yeah. And they are definitely and not extra. Just no. It's a lot of people. That. Like it's a mm. lot of people. To Super do, like, dangerous. <laughs> Oh, are you watching this, Derek, as you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, okay, so full <laughs> disclosure, I'm kind of in the same boat as Matt. I did not have the chance to watch this one, just like the last one. So I'll take one for the team the next time around we do this Bizarro <laughs> segment. But um, yeah, as you guys have been um, you know, commenting on this, I've actually been live streaming it on YouTube. And I, I must say, I'm very glad I did not watch a whole hour of this because I would have been terrified. This looks pretty creepy. It was pretty creepy. And all of a sudden... They're rounding the corner in Town Square, and th- the kids like. I'm shocked that a kid didn't fall down and almost like get ran over by the by the fire truck. Then it was off to Pirates. Uh, yes. They're they're just rowing through Pirates of the Caribbean with yes. Ernest Bornine, and which was actually I thought that looked really fun to do. Yeah, like they're just <laughs> yeah. in a rowboat rowing through the attraction while the cannonballs are going off. <laughs> well, those were very <laughs> animated cannonballs they were real no, no. <laughs> the splashes in the water were real everything was real a question yeah. okay because i didn't realize oh i could just do what derek was doing is, is she, <laughs> derek is smart does she yes. have a fake eye uh, it looks like that or maybe a lazy eye uh i, I actually just, read I, something about that pirate eye no i she there was something about her having like something wrong with her eye. I don't remember, but I, I remember and, seeing something about it. And the only reason I asked is because I literally, I, so I was scrubbing through because I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch up. I'm going to catch up. Mm-hmm. And it got to the part where she's like talking to him as he's dressed like a pirate. And it just happened to like pause on the spot. I was like, oh no, what's going on? And then I was like, I need to ask this question. She lost vision in her right eye, or sweet, her left eye. So I don't know if she has a glass eye, but she did lose vision in it. Well, it didn't affect her dancing because she did yeah. fine later with those uh, shirtless yes, cowboys. <laughs> we'll talk about this in a second. <laughs> so as they are rowing their boat through the auction scene, Sandy goes, sickening. How can you put a price on women? Don't you know women are free? <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a good thing. That's or... an awkward way to phrase it, for sure. Yeah. But look, uh, <laughs> even it... back then, they were like, maybe we shouldn't have this scene selling women in a children's yeah. attraction. <laughs> well, and it only took 50 more years to fix it, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, not 50. Do you know how to do math? This is 74. <laughs> it's about 50 years. Yeah, I'm pretty close. What did yeah. it change? Well, it only we're talking about the auction scene. That just changed a couple of years ago. Yeah. But was it really a couple years ago? I feel like everything feels like a couple years ago, but then really it was like 10 years ago. When no, did it, it had to be like two years ago. Two? Only two? Mm-hmm. With red and everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two or three max. Three max. Okay. Yeah. So as they're in Pirates of the Caribbean, of course, they do a little tongue-in-cheek musical number in the Pirates' quarters. Dancing then, around a skeleton bed. Mm-hmm. 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 And then the do. laugh track is overboard. Like the audience <laughs> clapping sounds and the laugh track. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, like. So it just kept making me think, is there like a, a group of people watching this live being recorded, <laughs> doing the laughing? <laughs> like I know how a laugh track works, yeah. but it just was, it kept make, taking me out of this the element. I'm like, what? What's going on here? This isn't real. No, this is all <laughs> fake. This is not recorded in front of a live studio audience. It sounded like an arena cheering. Like they were it in. Did. It was like, it was big. Too many people. <laughs> Anyway, we're off to the Court of Angels, which oh, was so nice to see. I miss it. And it was so it. understated. 
It was. I, I almost was like, did they forget to dress the set? Like, right. <laughs> they take things down, but it was just had some it. plants along the stairs. It was. It was nice to see it just simple. There it is. Nothing yes. special about it. Just a nice little quiet area, New Orleans Square. And this is what drew me to watch this whole. This whole special was oh, this. Oh, this is it. This, this is what we're leading up to. Here, you go into it. Well, really, all you need to know is that she starts dancing as she does. And then, seductively. Seductively, as it's mm-hmm. like a tango or something, I think. I don't know. And then these shirtless men appear in these, like, <laughs> colorful, very colorful chaps. Are they cowboys? Are they, what are they? I don't know. Are they flamenco dancers? I don't know. Well, and but, their pants were so, like, big and kind yeah, of baggy. I'm almost baggy. like, they, they looked like firemen, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but as Derek did point out, they do have suspenders on, I guess, to cover their nipples. I don't know. <laughs> oh, they were definitely not covered. No. Um, and they just they just dance around, like, the whole New Orleans Square, and they're playing music. And Oh, they're dancing to Fever. You know oh, the song that, Fever? Yes, yeah. yeah. They were dancing to, a, like, a version of Fever. The trumpet player, though, was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he was the best really part good. of the whole show. I really liked the trumpet player. He was really, really good. I, I did not quite understand what it had to do with New Orleans, like, at all. I, I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if that outfit is... Something, like, is that a New Orleans outfit? I don't know, but I didn't did care. Did the Mardi Gras thing? And I loved it. He did mention Mardi Gras. He said something about, the Mardi, about Mardi Gras, but I don't know why this was happening <laughs> yeah it, it didn't it there was no there was no rhyme or reason to it but i just i really didn't care i enjoyed the dancing i really liked her dress her dress was spectacular yes, it was an awesome dress yeah. yeah and uh just i really think there should be more shirtless dancing men in disney and i think that <laughs> some of you here can agree with me on that <laughs> well, i was good with her dancing she was uh yeah she was great she was- I, I really, yeah. yeah, I really thought that the, as bizarre as it was, this was a very energetic, it didn't have any corny jokes. It was weird, but I, I enjoyed this part of the, the show a lot. It was definitely entertaining. And she showed off her moves. I didn't she, know she could dance so well. She yeah, was good. She was very good. And then we get into, I think this was the weirdest part of the whole show. The Kenny and Messina <laughs> yes, they're back. argue. Yeah, they're back randomly not playing themselves. And <laughs> They're about. arguing over who's Prince Charming. Yes, in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. I think it was then, like the side archway going yeah. into the the wishing well, maybe? Because yes. there's a bed there that's supposed to be With his looks sleep, about Sleeping right. Beauty is there. Yeah. <laughs> she just pops up. It was bizarre. But is that really the most bizarre, or is it the next segment that's even more bizarre? Uh, I know this is your favorite. It was pretty bizarre. <laughs> it was... <laughs> So go well, ahead. The next segment was uh, Sandy and Lauren Green, who are going on an old-fashioned walk Real. through the whole primeval world diorama. I don't know who it is. His name is Lauren Green. It's, it's he's from Bonanza. Oh, from Bonanza. Okay, that makes sense. But they're just walking all over primeval world, singing this world. Excuse me, primeval yeah. world. We'll talk about primeval world, world later. <laughs> later. Yeah, nice segment. Uh, they're singing uh, this duet. They're interacting with like all of the animatronic dinosaurs. Like they're petting a baby triceratops, and they like walk under the like the stomach of a the T Rex. Mm-hmm. And there's like <laughs> so good. They're they're walking underneath that T Rex of them fighting as though like they're not even there. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like oh beautiful walk and don't mind the 
dinosaurs fighting each other and about to eat each other above us. There's children playing in like the water area, like cavemen children, yeah. but like real children, like playing in the water. And That's and there. they were cleaning the dinosaur. They yeah, were, they like, were like rubbing like the bath. dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so weird. And then at the end of their song, where they're kind of arguing, a caveman comes up behind Sandy, clubs her on the head, and drags her away. And then he walks away with a <laughs> with caveman, not, not realizing. Know, yeah, that it's not he's Sandy. Gone. Was so that's weird. really old fashioned. What, what happened to <laughs> it's Sandy? It's almost prehistoric. <laughs> what happened to Sandy? See, just think of each one of these segments is like a little Twilight Zone. Yeah, really, that's what it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> then the next bit with the rude wife, just, I was so annoyed by yeah, so this, this one. This She's screaming Ted at her Knight, husband. Yeah. Ted Knight and Ruth Buzz, Buzzy? Buzzy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, but were their matching outfits not amazing? I think they were. That was pretty amazing. good. They were wearing like tropical, like almost Hawaiian shirt matching yeah. outfits. Yeah. Wait, outfits. is this the same lady from the Haunted Mansion? Yes, the same actress. And she's she is very rude. She's telling him how, basically belittling her husband, saying how she wishes that he that she was in the time, basically medieval times, when men yes. were men. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. supposed to be stronger and more manly. Yeah, <laughs> more masculine, I guess. Uh-huh. And so he's trying to he's he's like he tries to be masculine he pulls the sword of the the sword of the stone out excalibur of the stone. sword he takes it but out he's able to do it then musketeers show up yeah musket- <laughs> I don't know. apparently musketeers also did not take place ever in a yeah. castle area it's very strange in france also, did you notice when while he is pulling the sword from the stone do you notice what she pulls out of her purse no she, she pulls a chicken leg out of her purse and starts eating it. Like a whole picnic is in her purse, but she like reaches in and pulls out like a chicken leg. Uh, <laughs> Not a turkey leg, but. <laughs> I support that. I mean, they're just trying to be funny with that, but. <laughs> it was so funny. And so. He's a pretty good sword fight though. You know, he's fighting off yeah. the, the king's men or these musketeers. Yeah, he, he, all, he's up on top of the castle. He rescues a damsel in distress. He throws one over the side of the castle. Not a damsel, but a. Wait, did he throw a damsel? No, no, no. It was a musketeer. (laughs) I was like, wait, did I miss that part? It was clearly a dummy, and it just lands in the water on the side. It was kind of comical. And then he takes her photo. Yeah. He takes photos of the three musketeers, too. Yeah. He's just taking pictures of his camera. And and he gets back to his wife, and Mm -hmm. she's still bitching, and she hands him a chicken leg. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, it looks like a banana. Oh, banana. Okay. Also in her bag. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, we go into a nice number of Sandy in a carriage. Okay, but what is she singing to Mickey? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. He I guess it's something. Me. Ba- oh yeah, I have it on here. He, it, the, <laughs> the entire song. He, she keeps saying it over and over and over again. Touched me. <laughs> like uh, and she hands. sings it awkwardly too. Yes. Though, like, yeah. Oh, it he is touched like, me. Yeah, he like touched me. Some it happened. <laughs> like there was some groping going on. Yeah, it, it's not a song that aged well. No, no, it did not. And um, then uh, it highlights the Main Street Electrical Parade. It she does. ends up singing in front of them, and it was actually a nice little segment was, to end was, the show. It was pretty. Oh, that's not how it all ends. No, there's a but. Mm. Yeah, she well, she ends up at the train. Like they show the train station, and um, all the the Main Street lights turn on, and there's fireworks. Oh and yes, it's very beautiful. That and, are faded over <laughs> her face. Yeah. 
And then she sings um, her polyamory song again, this time with the words, nobody's love each other as much as us 200 million people. Was it 200 million? Like, was that how many people have gone to Disneyland at that point? I don't know. I don't know what the number was, how many people were watching. I don't know. But that's the number she kept on repeating. 200 million people are in a relationship with Sandy Duncan. And I like to think that we're a part of that now. So in the end here, I think we've all learned something. Beth was right the entire time. It is Sandy does Disneyland. It is. That's what I kept on saying. It just seems like she's doing it with everybody. Is it really? No, it's Sandy. No, Dara. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Don't forget, this is sponsored by McDonald's. Oh, she does say the golden arches. She talks about the the end too. She thanks all the McDonald's people. For allowing her to have this wonderful evening at Disneyland. Well, moving on from Primeval World, I think we're going to go into Primeval World as it's been kind of topic of uh, discussion lately. I'm going to talk about a little bit of the Dinoland history, Dinoland USA, and talk about the ultimate, what seems to be the demise of Primeval World. So we're going to get into a lot. I'm going to be kind of going into it. Everybody feel free to interject as I'm talking. Okay? Oh, I'm going to. All right. I'm going to take a big swig here. Mm. That is cute. Oh, this drink is really tasty. I'm happy with myself tonight. I want some nectar. On July 16th, Disney confirmed that Primeval World would be closing permanently after just starting seasonal operation last September. But it did actually close in July of 2019 for what was rumored to just be for a delayed part. Primeval World has seen quite a storied history since its opening just 18 years ago. It's been labeled as one of the worst rides at a theme park or at a Disney theme park amongst Disney fans and has been identified as part of an, an even larger issue and that's Chester and Hester's Dino-Rama. It's a land that many love to hate for its tackiness and off-the-shelf attractions. I want to interject just briefly. I just wanted to say, in case anyone who's not familiar with Disney World wanted to know, this is a land inside Animal Kingdom, which is a highly, highly themed uh, theme park. It's like hyper-realism theme park. Yeah, so it's themed to different continents, and um, it's just very well-themed. There's no cartoonish areas. It's all like you're in an actual part of Africa. Africa, Asia, Mm -hmm. um, all around. And filled with animals, right? With lots of animals. So just to kind of give you a background idea of the park that this ended up in. Right. And so we're going to get into why a lot of people have these issues with uh, the Dinorama. I, for one, though, am more on the sympathetic side of things with Chester and Hester's Dinorama and uh, Primeval World, even. I loved Primeval World and was simply okay with like its entertainment value as um, I always laughed hysterically mm-hmm. from just how wild the ride was. Every time I wrote it, I ended up laughing hysterically. And in fact, I enjoyed the kitschiness that I believe actually brought that ride its charm. But it was a necessary evil, much like how California Adventure's immediate response for a lack of things for kids to do was to build Flix Funfair. And Hollywood Studios and other Disney parks have added a considered cheap addition as well, Toy Story Land. Did, Derek, did you ride on Primeval World? I did. It, it wasn't 
Well, are we going to go into thoughts yet? Or you I, know, I just want to—I just okay. know if you wrote on it. I was wasn't I, sure. Yeah, I know you went I there. I did. But. I did, and I can reserve my my opinion about it for later. But yes, to answer your question, I did write on it. And that's what I'm getting into is that I know. Well, we'll go into it that a lot of people did not like this area and that ride specifically. So, with that said, many are celebrating the ride's closure, and Derek. I get it. Yeah, Derek. <laughs> The biggest issue with Dinorama and Primeval World wasn't for the lack of story or even detailing, though. It's that the detailing was rooted so deeply into the backstory, but was never actually told to any of its visitors. So people don't actually know of how rich this story or that land actually was. So the atmospheric joys and or scenery is kind of just simply lacking. It's all there, and we'll get into it. But in all honesty, your casual Disney park goer and even most Disney enthusiasts like Derek don't even know that there's an elaborate placemaking story that exists. It all makes sense and is actually fitting for the ideals that Animal Kingdom holds. But if you have to read into it after multiple visits just to understand it or understand that there's this backstory, then there's something that's probably wrong or just isn't working. Can I add something real quick? Yeah. So I actually did fully know the backstory to this and I mm. still did not appreciate, appreciate it, it as i would think i would but yeah so all right that. that's fair <laughs> sorry for calling you out when you actually knew the, the history <laughs> like yeah, <dare>. yeah. <laughs> so let's look into it a little bit more starting with its parent land so this chester and hester's is in dino land usa note i'm not getting into the creation of dino land usa is that just a topic for another day rest in peace beastly kingdom much of which I'm about to talk about came directly from Animal Kingdom's head Imagineer, Joe Rohde. So Dinoland USA helps with the transition from the realism of Africa, Asia, and even Discovery Island just across the Bridgeport. But ultimately, Dinoland is a more lighthearted take and a bit of a relief from the grittiness of the rest of the park. The land is a nod to the great dinosaur studies of the past and even had a more serious paleontology research center under a big white tent when the park opened called the Dinosaur Jubilee. That is, or this was, in what is now Chester and Hester's Dinorama. So this was like a, probably just a quick fix, just to have something there uh, around opening day. It was a tent and they just had a bunch of real or fake, but at least casted dinosaur parts and a lot of history. Kind of like what's inside the dino. Dino parts, dino not just Institute. bones, but like. Dino parts. Parts. The dino bits. <laughs> <laughs> I know DNA. <laughs> I like how Joe Rohde pointed out on his Instagram, Tino Land has a lot of humor. And because of that, I think we can relax some of the, ser the, the seriousness of some of the other themes and get away with some hijinks, including the recent population of famous ducks who inhabit the land. Because after all, birds are dinosaurs, ducks are birds, therefore ducks are dinosaurs. Right. You can already see right there. He's trying to not take it as serious as the rest of the park. And you can see as we keep going here, they kind of come up with a lot of excuses as to why the land is the way it is. So <laughs> Dino Land is set somewhere in a desert town, somewhere from East Texas to Florida. This now roadside attraction is just alongside the US Highway 498. Get it? Animal Kingdom opened in April, so four in 1998. So 498. 
And as you enter the land by bridge, you're entering Diggs County, which made its way onto the map after the town folk originally found fossils in 1947. So later, the Dino Institute would be built after a small college town of sorts would be built around it for the grad students that fled into this. Interjection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you know that the original Dino Institute was Restaurantosaurus? I probably should have known that. I did not know that was the original spot for it. Yep. The Restaurantosaurus used to be the original Dino Institute until they uh, got enough funds to build a full-fledged institute. Ah. Which was in the 1970s. They built this full-fledged museum which houses the dinosaur attraction there at Animal Kingdom. This was originally called Countdown to Extinction. Countdown to Extinction. Dinosaur was a terrible movie that was coming out, and they thought, oh, we could call it Dinosaur for some syn- uh, synergy. Bad idea. Cynicism uh, also. <laughs> I actually really liked Dinosaur, though. Really? Really? I did. I did. This is news fest. The rest of I the world it. didn't, though. The box office did not agree with you. I liked it. You know, they okay. have not been very successful at dinosaur movies because the good dinosaur was also terrible. Uh, what? Well, mm, I loved it. A good dinosaur. Really? I, I will really? die on that hill. I don't know no one what? else did. I'll share some of my posts about it. I'm just gonna stick with Land Before Time. Yes. Oh, I'm with you there, Beth. <laughs> it's all about Land Before Time, number twenty-eight. That's yeah. the best one. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> So it was Dr. Helen Marsh, the newly appointed president of the Dino Institute, who eventually oversaw the acquisition of Chrono or Chronotech, a scientific startup that was researching time travel and ultimately leads us on to our time rover adventure. Dr. Helen Marsh is the person in the pre-show. That you Does anybody with. else ever want to call her like Dr. Huxtable? Uh, yes. <laughs> Every time I see her, I yes. couldn't remember her real name in the. Alicia I thought that Rashad. was her name. Yeah. Oh, I remember it? her real name. I just did not remember her name in the uh, in the pre-show. Doctor. <laughs> Doctor Huxtable. Was it? Was it Doctor Claire Huxtable? Doctor Claire Huxtable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So those that have not the only, been <laughs> the only Huxtable so. parent that matters. Yes. The only one that's means anything to us anymore right. uh but she is the actress that play that is in the the pre-show as dr dr helen marsh so let's go on a little tour so we first enter under an arch of dinosaur bones found in the dig pits at the boneyard nice little kid area i think beth would agree this is a it's okay yes. spot yeah um have, i don't know if you guys actually have been in like explored the area but yeah it's 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 big it's spacious there's lots of stuff to run on and uh i did get my finger a big gash on it by uh, some unsanded wood that i jammed my finger onto so that was a delight very rustic yeah mm-hmm. nice. yes and uh uh Oh, during Christmas time, they just started putting up these lights around the dinosaur bones archway that you go under. They're gorgeous. Did you guys see them? I don't mm, remember them. No. Oh, okay. I will send you guys video because it was really cool. <laughs> and then they have like a little dig pit area where you can uncover dinosaur bones. And it's really just like a rock 
small rock pit. Um, little children are always like throwing buckets of rock and cast members are running out saying, don't do it, but you'll get, you sit there, watch your kid and you'll get pelted with rocks and pebbles in your face. It's yeah. really enjoyable. It's <laughs> really great. <laughs> I wish it was like a more like teenager or like young child, not, I feel like, you know, the sand pit or the, the dig areas for really young kids. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have done something really nice for maybe a little older to kind of learn, but also yeah. meaning spot about dinosaurs and digging for them and archaeology, 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 whatever. Archaeological. Is that right for dinosaurs? Archaeological. Anyway, moving on. Paleontology. Paleontology. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Ross. <laughs> Dinosaur. <laughs> Dr. Dinos. Straight ahead from there, it would be Dinorama. But we're gonna hang right first. So we're gonna go over the restaurant Saurus that Matt already brought up. This is a detailed, heavy kind of a dormitory that basically becomes like a frat house with rooms out back. There's a, a sign that just says restaurant, and then basically the the students put a sign over that says Osaurus. So now it's called the restaurant Saurus. <laughs> It's part of the sign. It's, it's supposed to be like a college prank. It reminds me kind of Animal House, like the look of this like frat house. The main building of sorts looks older, um, kind of like it was possibly a fish camp. Even the Airstream out front uh, is a real one. It used to belong to a team member, apparently, or a team member's mom. And I feel like it's a very camp-like vibe out there. But as much as it's a camp-like area, it's just very campy. And by that, I mean it has campy jokes and kind of gets into the DCA realm of um, silliness, I feel like. And then continuing down this path is the long entrance to the Dino Institute. It's kind of, it's pretty long. You have to go down, turn left, and uh, there you are at Dinosaur. Its exit for Dinosaur is ultimately through the only part that really told the history of the locals. Uh, Basically Chester and Hester's Dinosaur Treasures, which is now a defunct or maybe still operating gas station of sorts. Of course, it's very touristy, kitschy roadside souvenir store. And uh, I think this shares a lot of the kind of the history or kind of understanding of where Dino, Dino Land exists. And then you go out for 98 and right across the way is Dinorama. Hits you in the face with all of its tackiness. <laughs> but to me, I think it works. I... I like it. I think the reason it gets so much, you, Derek, you'll have to tell me if this is accurate or not. I just think the reason it gets so much hate, besides the fact off the shelf rides, is that the rest of the park is so beautiful. It really sticks out like a sore thumb. Like I, I get all the theming and I actually enjoy it, but in a park that is so beautiful and so like everything just has like all this dimension to it, even though that's kind of part of the the story itself, it just it doesn't really flow with the rest of the park at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you hit it on the head, Beth. That's exactly my sentiments about it. Is that you're you're in such a hyper themed um, world of the Disney's Animal Kingdom, and then this little section just it really does feel like it's forced on you and. To be able to appreciate and understand the backstory, which is not explained really anywhere, is lost on everybody. And so it really does take you away from the whole 
excitement you feel and the buildup of everywhere else in the park. And that for me is what lets me down about it is that, you know, I can appreciate it in and of itself. Maybe if that was its own little theme area out outside of, you know, next to Disney Springs or something. If it was a California adventure. Then maybe that would make sense. And, it, you know, it does, I mean, and it does have a lot of elements to it. And I think that's probably one of the things that I really despise about it. It, it reminds me of those elements despise. of like, yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I, I did not enjoy that, um, the theme at all. It, it just felt very DCA 1.0 to me. And I just kind of want to get rid of all those elements <laughs> of Disney, Disney's past mistakes. And so, yeah. Can't see, I feel like it's, it's a necessary evil. Even Flix Funfair, I get it. It was themed well, but keep in mind when that first went into to California Adventure, everything was still very California. <laughs> and Flix Funfair came in like, this is not California, people. And I thought it was kind of jarish too. It was themed well, and it was off the shelf rides. And I think a lot of people shared the same sentiments to that land. And we have the same issues with all these lands that are kind of put in a place just so they have something kind of child friendly and especially in a land like, or in a park like animal kingdom that is so I feel adult focused, even though it's all about animals and everything. It, a lot of the themes are pretty heavy Mm -hmm. and a lot of the realism that's throughout the rest of the park is pretty apparent. I get they have, they had can't Mickey and Minnie's. And I understand that area is also for, you know, for the younger audience as well, but they didn't have any, they didn't have like the typical Dumbo type attraction there or some small ride for people either. But I get what you're saying. The strange thing is, is that the Primeval World was like a super high, <laughs> it wasn't, kids couldn't ride it. Yeah, that's the true. The height limit was very tall. Yeah. But... Just a, as some will say, a cheap thrill, yeah. right? Well, I love a cheap thrill. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that's the thing though too is like I, I I don't feel like okay to be honest it seems kind of like a cop out to say that you know they needed something for kids so you know you can get away with having a cheap theme like you can do something for children in a very hyper themed environment and you know I, I take a comparison of like Tokyo Disney Sea and how they have Mermaid Lagoon. Like, I, it's not for me, but I can appreciate the the depth of the theme that they have going on there. And it just really took a left turn for me with the way that they did this whole area. Well, you, um, you, you know what the difference there is, though, right? What? Money. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but some of these things are it's right. clear that part of these reasons why it's there is because of money and they try to figure out something that could work for the land and kind of match what animal kingdom is all about because the rest of the park is all about like being in the real world but you know i will say though you know because it does look you know it's essentially on a parking lot Mm -hmm. they left the lines uh six flags should take a, a card from disney's book because disney can actually make a theme park ride on top of an existing parking lot actually looked decent. And I'm looking your way, Magic Mountain, because, you know, Scream was literally <laughs> built on a parking lot. And, you know, 20 years later, there's still lines on the ground. But Matt, you do realize this was not actually built on a parking lot, correct? I know that. Oh, okay. Just well, wanted to make sure. Well, no, we'll get it into is on a, It is on a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the Laughing Place Magazine article I wanted to bring up. Uh, 
Rhodey went into went on to state, we needed that kind of theme parky land, and that it is how we landed on Dino Rama, which has a quirkiness and a level of irreverent humor that had never existed in Animal Kingdom before. We knew that there were levels of humor that were easier to get to than others. The realism led us to a real roadside shop in Chester and Hester's. The more real it is, the more humorous it is because it is in a theme park. If you were driving down the highway and saw Chester's and Hester's, you would have to pull over. To child, it isn't corny as it is shiny, big, and full of giant dinos. You don't need it to be perfect. I get what you're saying, Derek here. You know, this also seems like a possible just cop out, but he does have a point for children they have no idea like i think it, chester and hester's is extremely well themed like that's probably one of my favorite parts like the the gift shop itself yeah uh, and that uh, was there before Dinorama mm-hmm. existed mm-hmm. yeah and i well, think that's done really really well did you have were you gonna elaborate on the actual story of chester and hester uh a little bit go ahead what were we gonna add about chester and hester well because how she's the said, owners yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, so Chester and Hester, married couple, owned a gas station in the 1940s. Uh, you know, they they were on a highway that wasn't seeing much traffic. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here comes these scientist guys who found fossils nearby. And everybody flocked to it. Well, they realized people weren't coming for gas, they were coming for fossils. So, like any entrepreneur would do, they decided to turn their gas station into... A souvenir shop. Mm-hmm. And then when they realized that the souvenir shop was making more money than selling gas, they s- essentially stopped selling gas and started selling souvenirs. And if you go inside the shop, I actually have a picture somewhere. I'll have to see if I can find it. Uh, I think I took it on our last trip. It is an actual picture of Chester and Hester, a man and a woman, and they have their first dollar bill that they ever made selling souvenirs on the wall inside the gas station. Yeah. And see, that's, these are those little details. And if you really think about it, these little details that make all the other lands and attractions and parks that we love so much, what makes them so great, all that stuff is here as well in Dinorama and in Dinoland. However, as we pointed out already, you don't just quickly see that, or you can't find these little details Mm -hmm. easily or understand even the backstory. I didn't understand a lot of the backstory until Joe Rody was talking about it on his Instagram. You know, there's there's a lot of things that I, I understand, again, from the common park or, or even a Disney enthusiast, why they have qualms or issues with Dino Land, or at least Chester and Hester's. So, and I, I get it. So just to me, I knew it was not realistic expectation to say, hey, we're going to get a brand new e-ticket, totally immersive land in this very section. So to me, I'm like, well, this is fine. And I personally like Primeval World. So <laughs> see, I remember, I know this is kind of goofy, but I did, I read most of this stuff about Dino-Rama in like 2006, <laughs> just because Beth is going to roll her eyes so hard at this. I mean, I usually do. But on our first trip, Dinosaur was one of my favorite rides, and it's still one of my favorite attractions. <laughs> oh, she rolled the eyes. <laughs> it is still one of my favorite attractions to this day. So I enjoyed as a whole, I enjoyed that whole area. And for the longest time, though, I'm not going to lie to you, because this is why I had to start doing more research, because I didn't know who the hell Chester and Hester were. Mm-hmm. I thought this whole time 
when I first went to that area, I thought Chester dinosaurs. and Hester were the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> so, and then when I found out, when I got like home, you know, a couple months later, I was mm-hmm. reading. So I was like, "Wait, they're people?" Yeah, <laughs> and that's like, part okay. of the confusion, right? You have these two cute little dinosaurs holding up the sign for Dinorama, and you think that's Chester and Hester. And I think they probably named them like the owners named those dinosaurs them after themselves or something. And it all makes sense, but hard to find. So let's get into the biggest issue with a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people always talk about that parking lot and that say, oh, this is just a carnival that was built on top of an Animal Kingdom parking lot. Newsflash, as Joe already states on his Instagram, as I keep pulling up here, this is not asphalt. No cracks were formed by the expansion and contraction of the surface. It's one thing to create a convincing wall of, of a crumbling Indian fortress in a place where almost no one has ever seen a real crumbling Indian fortress but to create a convincing abandoned parking lot for people who see parking lots every day, that's actually really hard. This surface is so convincing that it is ignored completely, but there is no way this surface could stand up to traffic it receives on a hot summer day if it were actually asphalt. It's actually sculpture. Something that has been debated Dinorama was the Carney Games as well. Something that hasn't really been in a Disney park up until this moment, unless, correct me if I'm wrong guys, but though later it was added to California Adventure, Seeing these type of carny games or carnival games was a little jarring. You know, these are stuff that you see at Six Flags or other amusement parks across the nation. Even Knott's Berry Farm has them. But I don't think Disneyland or any other Disney theme park had these carnival games. Mm -hmm. So to me, even, that was the most jarring part. I'm like, oh, they have these carny games that I would see at the state fair, county fairs. So give it a spinning ride a la Dumbo. There they call it Triceratops Spin. And then another off-the-shelf ride, aka Primeval World, uh, you can have people jumping all over Disney for this edition. So note all the puns as well. So this was very DCA before DCA. Primeval World, even as a play on Disneyland's Primeval World section of Disneyland Railroad, uh, and obviously Triceratop or Triceratops Spin. Uh, Beth probably remembers how much I actually loved the Triceratops Spin because it was, <laughs> was all so country. Excited. It was country I've never music. seen a grown man music. so excited to ride it. Uh, but it was also the first time, because we hadn't been on uh, the flying carpets mm-hmm. yet, so it was the first time I've ever seen like a Dumbo type like ride that did up and down the and, and down. the pitch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. what? Yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure a lot of kids really love it too. And Matt. And <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, something I didn't even realize until probably pretty recent I didn't realize how Primeval World is basically just a downright parody of Dinosaur. In the queue, you have scientists mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. on a time machine, and then you basically take, in, you take your rover through time to the extinction of dinosaurs. Same exact plot as a Dinosaur, although I don't think you'd take a dinosaur yeah. home. Chester and Hester totally ripped them off. No, Derek, yeah. I don't understand. I can understand not appreciating the theming, but riding that ride, like you didn't laugh the whole time. Well, the ride was fun. I, I mean, yeah, I didn't regret riding it. So if they put it in an enclosed room and put some like neon dinosaurs in there, would you have liked it better? Probably. I mean, so my whole gripe about the, this, the area is really the theme of it all. 
it's not like I didn't have fun, you know, it's not like I was walking around there saying, oh my gosh, I hate this place so much. It just was so jarring and so different from the rest of the park, like thinking about stepping off a flight of passage or, um, you know, Expedition Everest and then riding the rides here. It just was so different of an experience. And that's what was really like, I couldn't get past that. Like, I just kept thinking about it, like, oh, this is just so weird. And so I enjoyed the experience that, you know, riding the ride in and of itself, but I felt like the theme, what they chose is what really disappointed me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it's hot also, I, I mean, this is my big gripe of that area for Dino Land. When it's hot, it is hot on that mm, yeah. fake asphalt, right? It is really, there's not a lot of shade there and it is not a, a cool area to be when it's 100 degrees out with a ton of humidity. Well, ultimately, Primeval World has faced a lot of issues over these years, and there were even there were some cast member deaths, unfortunately, that occurred in 2007 and in 2011. Though note, it doesn't appear either was due to like ride failure. However, the nail in the coffin may have been the sheer fact that the ride's manufacturer, Revercon, or Revercon, they went bankrupt in 2008, and many of the ride parts uh, may be very difficult to get, actually. Goofy mm. Sky School, which is also a wild mouse ride in California Adventure, was made by kind of a very popular manufacturer, Mac Rides. So a lot of people have speculated that because of that, this is why we've seen some extra long downtimes mm. and maybe the ultimate reason why they've just kind of given up on it. We've already had issues with this. We can't fix it. I don't think they're closing it because of uh, negative guest experiences, but maybe because it's too much of a hassle to keep up with and who knows what will so, come of that area later yeah i was gonna say do we think that they're going to put something else there are they going to change the land entirely because that's one of the main things going main for that yeah for that yeah. area the triceratops spin and some carnival games is Doesn't not much of a sense. draw to that area so yeah i, I don't know what gonna... they can do it's it doesn't help that we're in this covid world and even post-covid to spend money to want even take it down is going to cost money to do. So I don't know how they can just. I mean, they already got rid of the, the ride Cars, vehicles. Yeah. So the ride vehicles are already gone. I'm sure they could probably sell those to some other to another company or to a theme park or back to Put the company it on or something. eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Let John Stamos buy it. But I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll just pack it up and we'll go to the next carnival. <laughs> 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 still fits the theme right <laughs> that was good but i do hope honestly i hope they do something good for that area it would be great if relatively soon they're able to come up with some other big grand new mini land for that location and hopefully have it all fit into dino land usa too i don't think you could really i mean i'm no imagineer but it'd be kind of hard especially with they have a theater that's right behind Dinorama for the what theater in the wild where uh, find, the Finding Nemo musical is. And then you have another bridge off to Expedition Everest. So it's kind of a funky spot. It'd be kind of hard to do something totally different. I, f I feel like you have to still incorporate dinosaurs in there unless someday they make it, make get rid it, of dinosaurs. Make an attraction, but make it the Chippendale dinosaurs and make it one big attraction. Take up the whole area. I'm in. Make it the good dinosaur. Chip. <laughs> That's not going to happen. The Chippendale, when they're in their, oh. not Chip. Yes, Chippendale. They have Chip the Chippendale in their dinosaur costumes. Yes, those are very oh, cute. Oh, yes. yes. And 
the and the ducks in their dinosaur costumes make a character attraction in their dinosaur costume so it fits it's still cute it's still kid friendly and make it really cool yeah i mean a barnstormer type thing joe listen to me (laughs) i got ideas (laughs) i have faith in the imagineers that they could do something amazing it's just gonna be getting it's money and yeah Yeah. so exactly we we believe in you imagineers i'm just still waiting for um beastly kingdom next time don't (laughs) talk about it now next time okay probably not next time but no, that's going to require a lot, <laughs> of, a lot research, of research, but yeah, the, I mean, Animal Kingdom, I already love that park. So it's probably my second favorite theme park, to be honest, next to Epcot, even though right now with Epcot under so much construction, maybe Animal Kingdom is actually becoming number one for me. I just really love that park, but that that park has so much potential as even now, even after with the opening of Pandora and all the other land that's around there and so much stuff they can still do to make that an even more amazing park is mm-hmm. uh, is exciting. And hopefully Joe Rody still can lead some uh, extra new non-carnival-like lands. Right? Make Derek happy. He's so yeah. sad right now. <laughs> Explore the other continents. There's South America. Hey, but you know they, what? Though? They keep talking about it. Yeah. If anything with Dino-rama. They could always uh, just listen to Dr. Marsh. You know, and maybe she can convince <laughs> you that uh, forever that the future is truly in the past. <laughs> That's deep. This has been a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate everyone coming on here and hearing me talk about Dino Land for a while. And uh, I hope everyone learned, hopefully, something on this one and, and enjoyed our little trip through uh, the Dino-Rama. Until our next happy hour, though, where can people find us on social media, Beth? Under a rock. Okay, right. but if you really want to find us, <laughs> you can yeah. find the podcast Off Harbor in Maine on both Twitter and Instagram. It's simply at Off Harbor. You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram. I am at Pixie Dust Vibes. Matthew is on Twitter and he is at ST14012 Endor and on Instagram at Lightspeed to Endor. Joel can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tangaroa Joel. And Derek, he's even tweeted a few things now. You can find him on Twitter. He is at Esplanerd. Thanks, Beth. And don't forget, guys, you can always reach us on uh, by email, too. I would love to receive some emails um, and uh, chat it up with people. But you can reach us out at you can reach us at podcast at offharborandmain.com. So I know I'm going to sound like a broken record. This is what every podcast does towards the end or even at the beginning. But I have to stress that we really do appreciate your Apple podcast reviews. And if you haven't already done so or rated us, it's very quick. Feel free to just go onto that main page on the Apple podcast. If that's how you're listening and you can just scroll down to the bottom and there's those stars right there. So we would really appreciate any um, ratings right there and tell your friends, please, yeah, please tell your friends. Know. That's, that's the, really going to be the best way <laughs> for us that. to, to share the Stop show by for a drink <laughs> hang out with your buds talk about disney and other stuff 
And we'd love to chat it up with you guys. So feel free to find us online and uh, give us your thoughts or even your opinions or correct us if we said something wrong. We're here for it. Um, and we're open to any feedback too. So, and with that, anything else? If you need me, I'll be uh, digging in Dino Land. Digging in Dino Land. <laughs> Finding all the leg bones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And remember, we all share the common bonds of hope and sorrow, dreams and joys. Stay well and cheers. 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 So they do a little tongue and teeth. Uh, sorry. And of course they do a little tongue and cheek musical number. <laughs> Excuse and- me. <laughs> tongue and cheek. Oh my God. Oh my God. Say that again. Joel, start over. <laughs> I'm going to backtrack after a little bit. Okay. Is just alongside the U.S. Highway 498. Get it? Opened up. What was that? I, that space. I, I think Justin knows. He wanted to chime in. <laughs> Which made its way onto the map after a town folk, or after the tone, fo- after the tone, wow. <laughs> town folk. <laughs> Mickey, he touched me. And with that, good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>